welcome to episode 48 of the Carrier's Edge podcast. I am your co-host, Jane Jazarawi, co-founder of Carrier's Edge, Co-Co-Co, and my other co is right here. Co-Co-Co. Yeah. Mark Morrell, other Co-Co-Co of Carrier's Edge. Co-Co-Co-Co. All right, let's go. What are we doing today? Oh, yeah. Look we at my brilliant opening. I was, see, it was, it was so good. You just left and... me uh, speechless. I did. Well, I was just thinking about how uh, we are on episode 48, and mm-hmm. I am committing that for episode 50, we will have new opening music. Yes. Now that you've created some really cool music, yes. you're on a roll. Which I'm motivated to do based on the first item that we might as well talk about, mm-hmm. what we spent most of the last two weeks working on, or particularly you have spent most of the last two weeks working on, is a demo movie. Yes. Which other people have had for ages, and many of our partners have been asking for it for a long time, but being the good partners that we are, we completely ignored them. So it was like, nah, no, uh, you don't you We don't didn't really one. ignore them. It's more of a, how, you know, how do we fit it in? And it's it's tough because we create lots of things all the time and we're constantly creating. So every single course is a creation and it has lots of little creations that go into the big creation and it's exhausting. Yes. Especially when you're trying to build a business where, you know, you can't afford tons of help. I mean, we can now, but for a long time we couldn't. So it was like you and me. Yeah. Oh, Let's yeah. And when partners stuff. said, you know, it would be great if we had like a sort of opening or introductory movie that we could give to people. And I'm like, oh, my God, what are we going to do that? <laughs> How am I going to find time? I my know. head is exploding. You just nod and smile, but inside you're freaking out yes. so badly. It's like, no, like, well, even when you said it, talked about the movie in my head, because I'm trying, I have two courses that I'm editing for other people. Plus, I'm trying to do, do some work on my own. Plus, we have all this other stuff going on, and uh, I got to hire some more people before I die. But um, Which you're in the middle of doing as well. Yes, yes, I am in the middle of doing that, but it just never goes fast enough, right? So you just, you just think that everything is just going to come crumbling down in a minute because there's just one too many water bottles on the tray. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. But we knew we had to do something, yeah. and with the TCA's safety conference moving virtual and a big part of the uh, sponsor exhibit. microsite, their kind of virtual yeah. exhibit is a video. We're like, okay, let's just do this damn thing. Well, you did. You said that, and I ignored you because I was trying to no, stay. No, you agreed. <laughs> you I? said, yeah, it makes sense to do it because we've known that we needed to do it if we agreed to continue with that sponsorship, that would be a big part of it. And so we thought, yeah, we might as well use this as the impetus we need to force that thing to get done. So this comes back to something that people may or may not know about us, but our backgrounds are not in what we're doing right now. Really, Well, they are and they aren't. Like we're kind of a bit of an offshoot. But originally when Mark and I met, we were very much artists. So Mark is a drummer, as you know, and I'm a visual artist. And those th- those things made a big part of our lives, even though we were working in tech when we met. But we also really wanted to be those other things. And 
Obviously, we're not good enough to be successful at those well, by themselves. Well, being good and being successful are two totally yeah, different things. Because yeah. even when you're good, nobody wants to pay for it. Exactly. And um, so we always want to add that. So Mark does the music for a lot of the course introductions, and I do most of the graphics. If they're not stock photography, I'm either taking the pictures or creating the images some way or another. So this project kind of let us kind of go back there and yeah. go and and but the thing is what we've noticed over the years is that when we created this company or when we when we started Carrier's Edge, we had to learn a whole bunch of new skills that we never had. You know, you being the drummer and me being the being the artist, we didn't know how well we were learning when we were at soft Arc, but we didn't know how we didn't have a background when neither of us have an mba uh, neither of us have any real book learning in doing any of this like even i mean i have an education degree but i don't have anything i had nothing for online anything and so we just learned it as we went and so as we created carrier's edge we were learning as we went and we were constantly trying to learn and perfect new skills that we, or new things that we didn't know how to do. And I think the demo video is kind of a combination of all of that, where we want to do all this artistic stuff that we don't really get a chance to, but it's all very intimidating because we've never done it before. Yeah. Once again, you know, But at the same time, we had a bit of a vision, and as much as it was kind of a mountain to climb over, it was the most fun that I think we've had in yeah. quite a while because we actually got to spend time doing the creative stuff that is more natural for us. So, yeah. uh, it, and it was kind of weird. Like you say, when you start a business, you don't necessarily know all of the things that need to be done to get that thing going. So you find yourself constantly learning and pushed out of your comfort zone, trying all of these new things. And then you sort of forget or just never get a chance to do the things that you actually like doing. So it was so nice to get a chance to go back and do that and spend a bit of time and not feel guilty about it, not feel like we're squandering or we're avoiding work or anything like that, yeah. to have an actual work excuse to do that sort of thing. That's true. I did feel like I was avoiding work because I was, I, was, I was not doing things in favor of doing this. And my only thing is that I didn't have, I had to do it really fast. So I wasn't able to do it for, you know, eight hours a day and then have a nice relaxing evening. I <laughs> did it for 11 hours a day. Yeah, and then on I, weekends as well. And I went to bed exhausted and got up exhausted. Well, I got up thinking, oh, I got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. And then I'd go to bed and I'd be exhausted. So it was, um, but that's art, really. That's yes. yeah, that's kind of how I approach that's anything. That's how art generally that, works. Yeah. You just, once you get rolling, you just can't you think of much a, else. You don't have much of a choice. You have to sort of do it. And there's all of these things that you want to do. You're not sure how it's going to happen, but you're, it's going to end up happening. And, and I did this, um, I've always had a real um, love for animation and, and for doing that kind of work, but I never really got the chance and um so i was working on this video primarily in an animation tool or after effects so it's not primarily an animation tool but it's a tool used for a lot of effects and animation and things like that 
So that was kind of fun because I get to push. I got to push. I got to push the envelope on what I knew about using those tools. Mm -hmm. I knew what I, well, you told me what you wanted it to be. That's the other thing is that you kind of came and gave me your vision and it was like, okay, all right, we'll we'll see what we can do. And, uh, yeah, that was, but that's how we work. We push each other. And there's a lot of benefit in all of those things. You know, having an idea, uh, of what you want different things to be based on or how you want them to flow is a starting point. Because if somebody says, do a video, and you have no idea where you want it to go, it, it's really going to be a nightmare. But if somebody comes and gives you a direction or an idea, you can run with that. Yeah, and, it's easier. And being pushed to level up your skills in After Effects will end up paying off in a lot of other places as well. Because we will, one way or another, incorporate that into other courses or into other marketing activities and things. That's just how it goes. And at the same time, we end up doing something that we've always needed to do. Um, so it hasn't really been a, a problem. You know, we, we check a lot of boxes in that we uh, get something done that we knew needed to be done. And that presence of the timeline really pushed uh, us to actually get it done. Without a tight deadline like that, we probably would have uh, let it sort of languish a bit and would have done it, tried to do it part time. But really, you need to just dive into it and be consumed by it for a couple of weeks. And then at the end, you come out with all of these benefits. You come out with the finished product, but you also come out with these new skills and these new perspectives and ideas for other things as well. So I, uh, I have no apologies for pushing you on these uh, challenging <laughs> areas and uh, making demands. And the biggest demand of all, of course, is that all of the animation be timed to actually fit the music. That you didn't give me. I gave you the beat. That's all you need. Give me a beat. Like that's, but you know what? What I, if I'm doing that, then everything just ends up being a dun, dun, dun. That's what I want to do is, is animate things to a very boring beat. It was only when you had more interesting things in the music that I could actually animate more interesting things or even had an idea about it. It was hard. It was very, very challenging because I do not, I do not work with music. I'm not an auditory person. As I have said many, many times, I do not, this is not my preferred method of, of getting information or, or uh, well, I guess talking is a, a way of, you know, producing information. Yeah, but that's not your ears. That's not listening. Yeah. It's like if I'm, yeah, if I don't have to listen to you, that's, that's a bonus. But, you know, you, you always do this. It's just like, you know, why isn't it on the beat? And I'm like, I don't know. Because I'm, I'm. Make it easier for me yeah. to put it on the beat. I'm I don't having. Know sort of epiphanies as we're going through this and realizing that not everybody thinks in terms of four friggin' yeah, bars, four bars, uh, four bar phrases, four beats in a bar. Just so you know, he's moving his hands right now in a conductor in the tempo, <laughs> yeah. in the tempo of the music that we Mark does a time. lot of tapping and things and drives everybody crazy. Doesn't everybody just think in beats and phrases? No, everybody thinks in pictures and, and but don't those graphics pictures move? and on a rhythm? Um, no, they do not. There's no movement on a Although I will say that there are certain things in our video that were very inspiring for me for the for what I wanted to do. Hmm. And and if you well, you'll probably I don't know. I guess at some point people may see it. 
Well, when is that going to happen? I guess it's going to be in three weeks. weeks for the TCA yeah. safety, the virtual safety conference. But there's a the part of the beginning, which it was very inspiring. And then like the first part was really, really easy to do because we kind of figured out the first part. And then it was like after the 32nd mark, I'm like, oh, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> now what? Yeah. Which is... Uh, you well, know, it always seems like, and it's only a minute and a half, but it's, it took more than two weeks of really intensive work. Yeah. So it's crazy how much work it goes, that well, goes into it. Even when you have a pretty good idea of what you're trying to do. And for this, we were trying to mimic a conversation that we would have at a trade show. But what's funny about it is, is that, yeah, you say it's only a minute and a half and it took so much work, but this is something that musicians learn early on is that it is amazing how perceptive the audience is at finding things or noticing things that are wrong or out of place, both visually and uh, audibly. So you can have people that have terrible ear that can't dance, that can't ever find the beat, but they can tell you when there's something wrong with the time. They can tell you when the band speeds up or slows down. They can tell you when a singer is out of tune. It is just a natural ability that a lot of people have yeah. because they're so ensconced in it from birth, basically. Well, I do have to say that even though I'm not good at matching the beat to music, I do I do understand it. I can do it. It's just harder for me to do it because it's a skill that I don't really have because I never did it, right? Like, you know, in back in the day, that's what I wanted to do. That's what animation is, is moving images over time to a certain time frame. And um, so it was difficult, but I do have the sense of a beat. So it was really satisfying when I got something <laughs> on a beat. It was like, oh, I got worked. it. But also you're, you're talking about the, the moving the images over time in animation and, and making that look natural. That's always the tricky part is make it look like a natural real world movement whether it's hand-drawn animation or something like this where you're really animating screenshots or something, for it to come to life, you really have to have it timed so that it feels like a natural thing playing out in the real world in front of you. And that is insanely difficult. And that's the part that you spend a lot of time on. So it doesn't, it never moves at exactly the even speed. It starts off slow and then gets faster and then slows down towards the end. Uh, and, and those kind of things are just natural things that you expect to see in the real world. So you've got to mimic that when you're creating these things or having a bounce after something hits something. You know, when an object hits another object, they don't just stop. They're going to bounce because that's what happens in the real world. So all of these things that you've got to put in there all take a ton of time to build. And then you have to be consistent as well. So yeah. it's like you start with one effect because... Most of the animation that I did was actually animating text. And mm -hmm. you, so you have to give text a personality. That's, yeah. which now I'm looking back on it. Um, it's kind of hard to, well, I, I think I've been trying to do that over the last few years is try and use text as the actual art. Um, trying to make something visually appealing with just words because that's kind of my job. And, um, so when I, so when we were doing that and that whole, you know, make something bounce and make something do this, it's really hilarious how 
some of these tools that I'm using don't have a built-in function to make something bounce. That's just crazy. So I had to actually go and find code to make text bounce. And the, but going back to the consistency, you have one effect that you do at the beginning and you think, oh, that's really cool. And then you get to it in 30 seconds and you're doing something else. And you're like, oh, I have to use the same effect. What effect did I use? <laughs> what did I do there? Well, yeah, that's a, a trap that a lot of people fall into, which is everything is different. Every effect is a different one. And then it just ends up looking like But chaos. you can't you can't do that because you're telling a story. So right. this, uh, the one thing I like about this, and I know it's a demo movie and it's not that... You know, for 90% of the population, it's really not that no, We're not curing cancer here. Yeah, I mean, it's a movie. Um, but it was, that was what it was exciting to, to sort of have a little bit of personality and have that you can make it seem like they are people mm-hmm. who are having a conversation. And that was, that was fun. Mm-hmm. So we've had a lot of fun over the last two weeks doing animation and soundtracks and, uh, I, uh, it's pretty funny because I don't know if I even told you this, but in the soundtrack, I used a variety of different elements. And so you, nowadays you kind of start with loops and some basic sound elements and you piece them together and create more of a soundscape rather than what would be a traditional piece of music, but it never gives you all of the pieces that you want. There's always something that's missing that you, you hear in your head that needs to be put in there. So you really end up always needing to play something manually on top of it. And, uh, after 40 years of playing the drums, I have now got to the point where, uh, I am resigned to tapping out rhythms on an actual, um, computer keyboard, not a piano keyboard, (laughs) not a drum pad and God forbid, not an actual live drum set. Like that would be insane. But well, you you could, that would have been kind of cool. I mean, if we were set up to do that and you could play the drums, well, I have to mimic that on what they call musical typing. So on your keyboard, the uh, the letters become different keys on a piano key. So you could actually play parts on it. So I actually overdubbed uh, an actual drum part on top of the different loops and things and uh, discovered some things that actually don't really work very well when you try and do it that way and some things that work really nicely. But uh, it's close the, to an approximation of it. I saw the key. I saw that. I think I was I was at your computer at one point, and I saw that mm-hmm. that you had everything mapped. Yeah. And I didn't really think about it at the time, but uh, that must be. Yeah. After all of these years of learning how to play the instrument and get a nice sound and play it very well, you end up tapping out the T and the Y keys. <laughs> like, is this is what I've become? <laughs> Because I, I remember in the early 80s, like the real drummers and percussionists were all incensed when electronic drums made their appearance, like plastic pads and you're hitting a plastic pad. It doesn't matter how you hit it. It always sounds the same. And then people were all mad about samples that would play an actual recording of the drum when you hit a pad. And, you know, now I look back on that. That was the good old days. You actually got to hit something. Now you're just <laughs> tapping on on your computer keyboard well, or laptop again, keyboard. if we had time, you probably could have done. Yeah. But the, the thing is, your recordings of you playing don't ever sound as clean as the... It, it that takes electronic a lot. sound is, yes. is actually kind of... Recording a live drum set is the most difficult instrument to record. It's the most complicated and definitely the most expensive 
to get a good recording of because you're actually recording 12 or 15 different instruments and they all have to work together. So it's very difficult to do it and you need a lot of different microphones. You need a very particular setup in the room. You need particular hardware and then you need a fair bit of processing afterwards to make it sound like what everybody's used to hearing on the radio. So yeah, out of laziness, I just tap the keys on my keyboard and that'll do the job for now. But it's the same as, you know, me actually drawing a picture or, yeah. you know, which I can do, but I'm, that's going to take forever. Yeah. I'm always on Jane to do more hand-drawn stuff and, uh, yeah, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> okay. It just takes so. a whole whack of time, but it is fun for us because we get to do yeah. something that we actually, that we actually like. And, uh, so everybody was completely ignored really. Yeah. While we were doing it. So I hope that when you guys do get to see it, you'll actually like it. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like for the people on the podcast, we should have a special link. Actually, no, let's do that. When you post the podcast, post a link to it. Okay. So the people who, if you are listening to this, you get an Easter egg, you get to see the, uh, you get to see the actual thing early. If I can. Yeah, we can. I'm sure. Well, I can we do can. it on SoundCloud. I don't know if that'll transfer through into like the, um, the iPod app or anything, or or the podcast app. I'm not sure if that will transfer through, but I'll try. I'll put it out there. Or and we'll you see. can ask us. Like, just send me a message, Jane yeah. at CarriersEdge dot com. Say, I think give me a who link. Listens to this already knows where to find us. Okay, fine. But, I was being I was being polite. Or, yes, we could be polite. Yeah. And optimistic. Maybe there are thousands of people listening that don't thousands. know don't know where to find us. But now they do. Yeah, now they do. So anyway, you can get you can get the link. Like this is what people on regular podcasts do. Yeah. You know, they say, click the link. Click the link in the description. <laughs> yeah. There we are. Like and share. Yeah. Um, but it is you'll like it. It's we hope. I well, I think so. Yeah. Because right I, now we're very happy with we it. We are very happy. Three we'll, months from now, we'll, we'll hate, hate it. it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely hate we'll, it. Because that's another thing about art is you have to immediately hate everything you create. And that spurs you on to doing something better. Mm-hmm. So that is a lovely segue into what something better we're working on next. I'm not sure what the next subject is on the podcast, but now we're kind of back to our regular work, which is a lot of administrative stuff for both of us since then. Um, well, hiring, I'm hiring. And, uh, I've got a, had a new person who started last week who's working out very well. We finally have uh, a dedicated full-time in-house bookkeeper. We have outsourced that forever, and now we've brought it in-house. Yeah, it's once great. our once our outsourcing company said you should really bring this in-house, and we're like, okay, yeah. So I'm excited about that because we'll get better reporting and more details. Um, I'm we're working on some translation for cybersecurity and uh, a, fa- a revamped fatigue course, which is, I think is about 70% done. Nice. Um, I'm just doing some edits for the diet portion of that. Um, we're starting the best fleets process for 2021, which is crazy early, but we are starting it. Uh, yeah. I know. Well, don't be, uh, okay. well, it is kind of an, uh, cause we never really had a break from it. So we have to start it well, way we had, too fast. We had an imposed break because with the lockdown, we couldn't go and do the speeches or the True. normal stuff that we did. So yeah, we technically had a break for a couple of months through 
April and May. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have to open that thing in July mm-hmm. for nominations. So we're starting the process now. Uh, so everyone out there, beware. Best Fleet's <laughs> nominations open July 6th. Yeah, sorry. And they will be closed uh, by Labor Day. So if you normally wait until after Labor Day, it'll be too late this year. I got to, we got to get the website changed. I know. I got a list of all of those things that yeah. need to be changed. I've already uh, created a ticket for it. Have we already complained about this process? Uh, to TCA? Yes. No, on this podcast. Oh. Um. I think we may I have. I can't imagine there's many did. things we haven't complained about on this podcast. The convention is early this year. It's in January. It's not even the end of January. It's the third week of January. So everything has to be pushed back for best No, weeks. I think it is actually technically the fourth week or something like that. But it's like. Is it a five week January? Uh, well, because it sort of starts on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's like the beginning of that last week. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it, that's making it crazy for everybody because it's the same thing for driver of the year, like all of the award presentations. And mm-hmm. then it's, you know, are we what's going to be the situation with travel? So that's going to be fun. We're not sure what's going to happen. Yeah, this is all assuming that the convention actually happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have to proceed uh, with that assumption and get everything ready, go through the nominations, go through the interview process. And uh, do all of that like normal and then hope for the best from there. So we'll be starting that up next month. Uh, So where are we now? Probably right around our next podcast, we'll be about to launch that. Yep. Uh, So we'll be talking about that more then. And we'll also be talking about doing the introductory webinar, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be on the radio to talk about it, to encourage drivers to nominate their fleets. Um, yeah, so I, I guess we don't have a whole lot to say about that because it no, hasn't started. No, not right now. But, but uh, it is coming. Just a heads up that it is coming. So what uh, what else is on your plate right now? You're continuing to hire more bodies and yep. finishing more up bodies. more content. Uh, and we've got more translation coming as well. Now that we are slightly relaxed in our lockdown measures. I was able to do some recording sessions. So uh, protection. I had Denis come up to finish the stuff that was in progress when the lockdown started and then do cybersecurity. So and fall we'll protection. Have, yeah, fall protection got finished and uh, cybersecurity. So those will all be coming out in French soon. I know you've got more Spanish happening as well. And uh, so that process yep. is continuing more, more new products and mm-hmm. our development team uh, is continuing to grow and they're continuing to crank out enhancements mm-hmm. and optimizations and things. So uh, I'll have, I think on the next podcast, more to announce around that. I'm not going to say too much right now. Uh, yes. I do have something that came up this week that I thought was worth discussing. Okay. Uh, and it was one of those situations where, Something came up that, well, somebody said something and it was one of these statements that almost makes me stupid just by hearing it. You know, it makes me dumber by hearing it because (laughs) I'm trying to think of a response and I just, I can't think of any response or everything that comes out is just, uh, what, Uh, why, what What? What made you. So we had, uh. Uh, and I haven't told you this yet. So I'm good. Yeah, good. I was going to say, good. like, have you talked to me about this already? No. So this one will be new. So you'll were get you, your... Were you saving this as a surprise? Um, I don't know. Possibly. Or you just forgot to tell me as you do. Could be either of those. Okay. All right. Or we had other things to talk about. Because it only happened yesterday. 
Oh, uh, okay. All right. So, that makes me feel but better. It's sort of stuck in my head and it keeps sort of coming back as like, oh, why? So we had a customer cancel yesterday and I don't like that, but it does happen every once in a while. Usually mm-hmm. it's because the company goes out of business, uh, which it's unfortunate for them, but that's a good reason if you're going to cancel a service, you know, I'll accept that. If you cancel because you're unhappy, I'm not, I don't like that mm-hmm. at all. And that almost never happens. But uh, every once in a while we get people cancel and they're not canceling because the business died. They're canceling for some other reason. And this uh, was the case here yesterday. This company uh, called in to cancel and uh, it actually came through one of our reseller partners. And the reason that they gave uh, was we have changed insurance companies and no longer need to do monthly training. <gasps> yeah. God. So there we are. And there you have like this. That was the complete natural response. I'm just completely flabbergasted. Yep. Holy crap. I mean, I can understand changing your training because you are, but the, you know, insurance company. Oh my God. Yeah. Because, and that goes right back to, I, I was listening to a webinar yesterday about nuclear verdicts. Yep. And, Every time, and the same thing as cybersecurity, every time people talk about nuclear verdicts, they talk about the training, documenting the training, having a process for training, having like, you know, that is so important to protecting yourself from one of these, you know, from one of these disaster situations. And I'm fine if you don't want to use our training anymore. Fine. You want to go and do something else. But please. Do not stop because you it hasn't been mandated for you. That is insane. It is insane for safety reasons. It's also insane for culture reasons. Like you, oh my God, I can't, I can't even. Well, see, I had hand. so many responses to that. I just couldn't, I couldn't even formulate one of them, like which one to choose. Like what is wrong with you and who is this insurance company and what's wrong with them? And why do any of you think that this is a good plan? It's not like they were spending a huge portion of their revenue on driver training. And your attitude is as soon as we're not required to do it, we kill it. Oh my God. I, so, I'm so writing a LinkedIn article about this. Oh, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to say, but it's like, I don't know. But uh, see, uh, already now I have so many responses just thinking about it. Because part of me is like, I don't want anything to do with you. If that's how you think, good riddance. Get lost. You know, I don't need these idiots. Uh, to be on our customer list. I don't need these idiots to be on the road at all. So, well, that's the thing. It's like, fortunately it's not a fleet around here. It's one far away that I'll never encounter. Uh, but they're not tiny. I think there are 50 or 60 trucks and that company's management is, well, we're not going to train our drivers if our insurance isn't absolutely forcing us to. And well, when maybe, we renew our insurance, we're going to ho- go and hunt for an insurance company who doesn't force us to train our drivers. So, Here's, but the thing is with insurance companies is that when they um, are telling you you should tra- be training your drivers, they are doing that for a reason. Yeah, I mean, it reduces your, your, your risk. And maybe it was that the insurance company was getting them to use us and maybe they are switching or maybe they're going to do classroom training. No, we are no longer required to do monthly training. That's weird. 
that phrase just, just speaks so many volumes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we can't force you to do monthly training, but I, and okay. So on that note, I don't know if monthly training is really the best way. Sure. Okay. Like, okay, fine. Don't do monthly training, but what training still are have you doing? Tra- still have some training. Yeah. The only reason they were doing it is because they were forced to. No other reason that you could possibly want to train your drivers unless the awful insurance company is forcing you to do it. Why would that insurance company be so adamant that your fleet should be training its drivers on a monthly basis? That does not bode well for your safety record. Well, that's the other thing is why was the insurance company yeah. asking you Why for were it? they so, so adamant Yeah, okay. And my assumption is that they moved from a transportation-specific provider to one of these general purpose people who's trying to, to get into the buy industry? their way into transport because they see big premium numbers and uh, yeah, they're, they haven't and they're to... desperate for, they probably lost some other business or business is down through the pandemic. So they have tried to branch out in other areas and that insurance company is not going to be around to deal with any claims that come up and they're just going to pull out. Yeah. I, that's very sad. It's just a sad statement on the state of the industry. I don't even know if it's if it's the state of the industry. I don't think people are are commonly doing that. I think it's a, probably desperation for now. If that was the case, if they were like, you know, times are tough, we need to cut costs. I get that, and we've had a bunch of those over the past three months that have said, "Hey, we're not driving. Uh, our trucks are parked, or we've laid off our fleet." whatever. And we just give them three months, uh, of kind of a suspension Mm -hmm. or sometimes six months or whatever. And it's like, that's fair enough. I understand that. And we'll work with you to come up with something. You don't need to just cancel it. Uh, sometimes they do because they're really, they know that they're in bad shape and they have low risk of surviving. So they cancel. Okay. They may come back in a couple of months if things would turn around, but to just say, ah, well, we're not required to do it. So we're not spending that hundred bucks a month. However, we also know that that may not be the entire story. You know, <laughs> a lot of people will give you a one word line that is actually not true. Yeah, but then that's possible. It's possible that that's their BS answer. But I don't know if that's any better. I mean, is that that's not going to make me ask follow ups? Come on. Like it's that's a terrible BS answer. The BS answer is, well, we weren't really using it or we're changing our processes or we need to cut costs. That's always an easy one. We need to cut costs. Mm-hmm. They would have got away with that. But to say, oh, we're not required to do it. Therefore, we're canceling. It just makes them look like idiots. Makes them look like the most dangerous trucks on the road. Yeah, it so, does. Yeah. But it could be that their insurance, you know, their insurance company is forcing them to use something else. <laughs> their insurance company, their new insurance company is doing that. And we have had that. Uh, occasionally where they've said, uh, our insurance company is providing us another offering for free or another, you know, and it's usually not very good. It's usually just some crap videos or whatever, but they get it for free. So they, they pick that instead. And I, I get that. I mean, it's not good quality content, but at least it's something. And I understand the attraction of doing something that's free, but to just say, well, we're not going to do anything because we're not forced to. But it seems to me that in a in a trucking company that training training drivers is such a huge part of your business. Yeah. And you know, 
in your business, really, and through Best Fleets, we really know this. It's really all about the drivers, and the and the the office is really all about the getting drivers to and from different places, yeah. and making sure that the freight that they're taking with them gets there too. So it's all about that. So you want to have the people who are all out taking your taking freight all around the country. You know, you want to have them have their skills at least be refreshed. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the time now you have to give them the skills because the people coming out of, you know, the, you know, some of the people that you're getting are not that skilled. So you want you want to sort of up their game. And the way to do that is training. And maybe and I have to say, I really I just so dislike the whole concept of monthly training. It's just I think a monthly activity is mm -hmm. a good idea and maybe have some themes. And I know that some companies do some the thematic stuff like so around winter time, winter driving, but it's not just winter driving. It's, you know, how to do what to do in an emergency, what to do if you're in the middle of a snowstorm, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but have that, have the training also have uh, opportunities for discussion or opportunities to, you know, have a survey or yeah. opinion. Like, there's so many other things, other ways that you can gauge your drivers. Yeah, monthly rather than, is a better way to put it. Yeah. But saying, okay, gotta do this training this month. Here's, what the, and, here's the module this month. Yeah. yeah. That, and, that's too much. And what do you do with that afterwards? You just throw it at the drivers mm -hmm. and then, and that's it. Yeah. And this box. is, and this is kind of coming back to, how when we came into the industry, training was punishment. Mm -hmm. So you hit something, you got to go to training and you did not get paid and you had to sit there for three days and be off the road. So we were very against that whole idea of training as punishment. And we have always been proponents of you train, you provide training so that people can be prepared for a situation before they get into it. And you provide training to make sure after an incident to make sure they have the skills to not do have that accident or that mm -hmm. collision or whatever that incident again. But the way that the industry and I think other vendors are seeing that that whole training every month is very good for them because it means that companies will, um, it gives, it gives companies a framework of how to do training without having to think about it. And that really bothers me because you should always be thinking about the purpose of your training, not just throwing out entertain. Well, like um, throwing out modules every month that don't mean anything. There's no meaning yeah. to it. And if you want to do entertainment, that's one thing. You know, you want to send out a YouTube, uh, and I would be that would be great. That would be awesome. Like have make it an entertainment thing as well. So I know Keller um, Keller Trucking. Um, in one of our top 20 has great videos that they do. There's mm -hmm. and Bison also has yeah, great videos and they make their own content and it's also entertainment. So sometimes the, uh, the monthly, well, I don't know if they do monthly training. Um, I'm pretty sure their training is a lot more uh, elevated than that. But you say, you know, go watch this and you'll see, you know, see X person doing this activity that you think is great and we think is great. So do that as well. 
maybe yeah. that's your LinkedIn article is that, you know, monthly training is, I think that's it's kind stupid. of a garbage thing. Well, and I thought funny. that for a long time. And it's funny because like you say, when we came in, the industry was dramatically undertrained. Like mm-hmm. Drivers got training only when it was absolutely necessary. And so our whole approach was unlimited use. Just go nuts. Please train your drivers more. You know, you get unlimited use of things in your subscription. Please take advantage of it. Well, the industry, and not everybody, but certain segments of the industry have sort of taken that and gone the wrong way with it and said, yeah, okay, well, we're going to do it every month. So it's that same sort of shortcut approach to this that they were taking before. Before the shortcut was you only get training when you absolutely need to. You hit something, you get training. Well, the unintended consequence is that drivers hate training because it means that they've screwed up somewhere. And so now the shortcut is monthly training for everybody. So then we think we've got this great legal protection, which you don't, uh, but we can show we're training people every month and we're dumping it out there and we're making sure that everybody does it. Well, it's still, it's an unintended consequence because now it's a chore for everybody and you're burning through the content because you're not using it in a way that really that's meaningful is meaningful. Yeah. And you're not taking advantage of that monthly engagement to do something that actually builds the culture. So it's really, yeah, it's kind of funny that, you know, trucking is a service industry and the truck is the tool that the driver uses to perform a service. And it's also now at the point where it's a commodity because there's tons of trucking companies so how do you succeed in, in that kind of industry? In any industry where you're providing a service and that's a commodity, you have to provide a better service more efficiently than the next person to succeed. And if that next person is continuing to improve the quality of service they're offering, you've got to improve the quality of your service at the same rate at least, if not faster, in order to have competitive advantage. Training is a fantastic way to do that. Uh, because that's the, like you said, it's the best way to improve the service that's being offered, improve the efficiency, improve the customer experience, all of that kind of stuff. But dumping monthly assignments on people is not doing that. Dumping monthly assignments is just checking a box that says, yep, we do training all the time. Well, what do you do with that training? Do you ever look at the results? What's your follow-up on that? Uh, How do you know that's the right training for your fleet at that time in that month? What else do you do to build your culture? How are you engaging with your drivers to motivate them rather than just dumping more chores on them? So yes, that is another thing that irritates me. And I never thought that I would be so against people doing training that I'd be saying, please do less of it. And it's such a huge pendulum shift from where uh, we were in the beginning, which is, oh my God, you need to train your people. Please do way more of it. And now they're like, okay, we're just going to go completely crazy with it. Now it's like, whoa, well, Hold I off think, a little bit. I think I'm always on the side of doing things thoughtfully. Yeah. So you just don't, and it's and that's like what we were talking about at the beginning about how we do our our demo video. Are we gonna just gonna throw some pictures of trucks and stock or, photography or with cheap narration over top? Exactly. Yeah. Or are we gonna do it thoughtfully so that it actually means something to us? And conveys the fact that we are very, you know, what we are really trying hard to do. If you are, if you are not being thoughtful about what you present to your people 
and we do this too. Like we have to be thoughtful about what we send out, what we ask them to do, what we are, the message that we're sending. And if you are just like, okay, you know, this week you do training on how to put on your seatbelt. Next week it's going to be training on, you know, you should have an apple every day. You know, no one's going to be engaged by that. No one's well, going to be not relevant. Yeah. And people are going to just be like, ugh, I don't want to do this. And yeah. they're going to start looking for a place where they don't have to do that. Yeah. And it just goes on and on the endless circle. It just, I think the message that we have through best fleets that we have through everything that we do, everything, every course that I write, I'm trying to be thoughtful about how, how this is going to play when someone takes that course. Yeah. You know, how is it going to feel to someone who's going to take that course? So we're very careful about the words that we use in the courses as well, because what message are we sending? We, what pictures are we using? What messages do those pictures send? And carriers have to do that as well. You have to be thoughtful. And it's not thoughtful in that, oh, we love our drivers. Oh, drivers are the best things in the world. That's not what I mean by being thoughtful. Well, that's hollow. Well, and it, it's transparently it, you know, some BS people, as well. Some people think, some people legitimately feel like that. And I don't have a problem. Okay, fine. You love your drivers. You think your drivers are the best things ever, best things since sliced bread. That is not a sentiment that I would ever have about my coworkers. Uh, like I would, I, I think very highly of my coworkers and the people that work for me. Um, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be gushing because I don't gush really. Hmm. Although I will gush over um, art that I like, but that's pretty much that. Yeah, I'm but the gushing gush is over. usually um, only happening in situations where it's not already obvious that you love those people. You know, so they're going on about how yeah. great their drivers are for one week of the year and then dumping on them the exactly. rest of the year. Exactly. So when I say, when I'm talking about being thoughtful, is always one, always consider what it looks like from the other side. So you're doing this monthly training and you're thinking that you're covering your, you're covering your butt, you're making sure that, you know, people are not going to sue you for extraordinary amounts of money, um, that your drivers are going to be safe on the road. But what do the drivers think about that? Mm -hmm. Like, what are the people who are on the, who are recipients of this? What do they think would be more effective? What kinds of things would they like to see? And you can deliver all kinds of different content through our system. And you can make sure that monthly content is looked at, but it doesn't have to be training. Yes. It can be, like I said, it can be a video. It can be, you know, you're the president or CEO having a message. It can be, it can be whatever. It could be a survey. It, ah, I think that's a great idea. Do a survey and just see you know, how everybody is. Is anybody having issues with, you know, what are the questions about COVID-19? Yeah, I, I think this will probably end up being my LinkedIn article about why monthly training is just a bad idea and how to do it the right way. But quarterly training for the whole fleet kind of makes sense. At that point, there's going to be themes in subject areas that you can focus on. And then for the other two months of the quarter, there are probably individuals that need things and work with them on that there may be 20% of the fleet that does need training on a particular area or could benefit from something. Maybe there's some new thing that's affecting them. Maybe it's equipment specific. Maybe it's some new policy that's coming out. Put or, that out there. Or if you have a group of driver mentors, for example, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of training 
do you have training for them? Like that would be something that we, I mean, that's something on our list that we want to do, but we haven't, we don't have it yet. Um, But what kind of things do you want them to know? What kind of communication skills do you want them to have? What are your expectations? So you could have training just for that group. It doesn't have to be all the drivers every month. It can be different groups who have different things. Actually, that would be a really good schedule to have a quarterly schedule where the first month is actually a training engagement. And it's not a lot, uh, but it's something that is actually educational. Um, One month then is just fun. Mm -hmm. Here's some fun things that are kind of related, but allow us to have a bit of uh, entertainment um, in a lighter way. And then the third month is a survey on something. And maybe a short survey. It's what of what do you think about the stuff that came before? What would you like to see in the future? We've got a social event coming up. What do you want? We had this new policy. What's your feedback on it? Any of these kind of things. And if that was your quarterly cycle, you would probably do more to improve the overall compliance and safety of the fleet because you'd be engaging the drivers more and um, they would start to look forward to it and they would understand more that there is a trade-off, that they're going to be committing to learning more. And on, on the flip side of that, they're going to get some entertainment, they're going to get something that's enjoyable, and they're also going to get to provide feedback on all of it. Or contests. Contests. Yeah, we can't track contests in our system yet, but all that other well, stuff we, we can, can. We can track somebody looking at something. Yes, we can track that something has been... You could run a contrast based on people who completed things or submitted yeah. surveys and things like that. So yes, you could absolutely do that. So yeah, that should be your LinkedIn article. And maybe that's a white paper. Yeah, we'll see. I think actually that would be a really good one because... Well, we don't really do white papers, but we do articles and we'll see where we can get it placed and what we can do with mm. it. But let's... Uh, Turn Look, my something, rant. something else that, yeah, turn your... Turn that's, my rant into something first? That's what we always, that's what we do best is we turn rants into something positive. Starts with a rant and then <laughs> yeah. we calm it down a little bit. Then we decide what we're going to do about it. Yes. Which is uh, kind of our thing. And I think that's the nice positive theme mm-hmm. to end on. And yes. we can probably wrap up our discussion from there. Let's do that. Let's say goodbye. Have a good day and thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye.